Welcome to another episode of Insights with Latrice. I'm your host, Latrice Kabuya. Well, here's another good one for you. This is really going to stretch you and maybe touch your heartstring a little deeper than you anticipated. I have Connie Terry, and today she's going to talk about her mother, um, her narcissist mother, and how she's had to heal and still is healing through it all. There's areas that we'll talk about that may resonate with you, the listener, but in it all, just be open, lean in, and be ready to receive all that you need to receive. And I'll be back with my insight. Well, I'm here talking to Connie Terry, and I'm gonna tell you right now, this is a joy, a joy to speak to her. So you listening audience, I'm telling you, get ready. In fact, bring Kleenex, bring paper and pen. I think that one, you're gonna um, get some real nuggets from her. Um, because she's very authentic and very honest and open. And then um, Kleenex, because um, you are going to probably resonate with something that she says. And so um, this is this is probably going to be a healing session for you as well. Um, what I want to do first is just welcome you, Connie, to Insights with Latrice. It's definitely a privilege to have you on um, this platform with me. So thank you. Thank you for trusting me. You had shared before we started recording that this is your first time really sharing your story um, publicly. And so I'm very honored that you would choose my platform and would trust me enough um, to, to do this. And so we're gonna navigate through this because I know at the end of it, we are definitely going to um, help someone listening. And so I'm, I'm excited. I'm totally excited. So first, tell me a little bit about Connie Terry. Tell the audience about Connie Terry. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. And yes, I haven't really publicly told the story um, of what do you do when you have a narcissistic mother um, and how to go non-contact with that. Um, but I am a girl who loves Texas. I love my sauna guys, you guys pellet ice, like that just should be everywhere. Um, Coke Zero with Cherry, like those the speak to my heart every day. Um, but I'm also a big proponent that we all have trauma. We all have walked through things that um, really truly the enemy if you believe that, he will silence that because he will tell you that it, your story doesn't matter and that what you walk through should be kept silent. And um, you matter and your story matters and you can heal from it. And so I hope that something that you hear just, just takes you to that next step to be able to do some healing in your life. Absolutely. And so, um, Tell me a little bit, because I know when we hooked up, um, you had shared, you wanted to talk about um, your mom and your relationship. And I know being a mother of five girls and coming from a family of five girls, um, you know, 
being a parent, having parents, it's not always easy. And I have old school um, Southern black parents. <laughs> and so, you know, a couple of things that always was a struggle for me. I didn't have a voice a lot of times. I didn't feel heard and I love them and no indictment on them. It's just what it is, right? Um, and there was a little manipulation <laughs> happening in control, right? And so I had to um, I had to maneuver my way and and figure out you know how not to repeat the cycle, right? More than anything. And so and, tell me a little bit. And that's the place where you have to get where the cycle stops with you. Um, so I grew up. Um, my dad was a state patrolman, so um, in New Mexico. So we we traveled. Um, he did. I mean, state police at that point in our life, I'm 49, um, they moved us every year to every two years. So like we were constantly being moved to the next assignment next. It was kind of like being in the military. Um, my mom, I mean, the first story I remember her ever saying was that she went in to see the doctor because she was having some female issues and they told her to have a hysterectomy or have kids and that she got me. And so like my first memory of that is like two or three years old of just hearing that. And I heard it all through growing up, you know? And so words matter, like that whole saying of sticks and stones may break your bones, but words, yeah, that's full of crap. Yes. <laughs> um, words matter. And when you hear that, and, and I want to say like, this is not for me to like bash my mom. My mom walked through a lot of trauma she um had her own stuff that she yeah. just never dealt with mm -hmm. and so I don't think she honestly wanted kids I don't think that that was probably what she really truly wanted and when you have trauma and you marry super young which is what they did they were 20 21 and you don't break those patterns those patterns just continue yeah. And I can even see it in my grandmother. I don't remember my great grandmother, but I can see that pattern even in my great grand in my grandmother. So literally, you guys, I mean, that pattern just continues until you put the brakes on it and say, this stops. Yeah. And so I just remember her being very, um, she would just say really unkind words. Um, it was one of those things to where nothing I did was ever good enough if I had an A minus it should have been an A plus and so it just put on that pressure I was already a timid kid I was already quiet I'm an introvert like to heart um, and so when you just keep adding that and you're moving all every couple of years like not making friends you know like there was so much like it was just a snowball that started teeny tiny and it just kept building and I'm sure for even her moving that many times seeing, you know, not, again, not getting those friends, not getting that support system. I mean, I, I don't blame her. And one of the things I was, I've been able to do is just really forgive her. Mm. To be able to look at her and say like, man, you dealt with this trauma. Wow. She's, she's still alive. She's still dealing with that trauma. She's not chosen to get that, you know, to yeah. release that. Um, so I don't, I don't hate her. I don't, I feel sorry for her. And that's part of what forgiveness is. Like a lot of times people are like, I'm not going to forgive that person. You guys, forgiveness is for you. It's not about them whatsoever. 
Um, but growing up as a child, like there were just, there was a lot of, there was sometimes physical neglect. Um, she'd had a car wreck and she got addicted to pain meds and um, just checked out. I mean, at I was a fourth grader running the house, wow. getting dinner on the table and taking care of my little brother and doing all of these things that a fourth grader, and, and there was a lot of, like she would say, like, don't tell anybody. We were in a church and she was like, don't tell anybody. Nobody needs to know our business. Yeah. And so when you continually hear that, like, yep. and it, somebody finally figured out and kind of came in to help during that situation. But it just, like, I can, I can look back at my 20s and my 30s and it's just that pattern was still yeah. going. And I honestly didn't know um, I'd love to just say like there there are some things like one of the, the best books if you are like I wonder if my mom is narcissistic um, there's a book by Dr. McBride that my counselor gave me okay. I had me go read um, and it's called will I ever be good enough mm. and there's a quiz in it and you take the quiz and you rate the relationship but then you also like look at the stuff and and I would tell you like that's a great book but also get some help with a counselor because that was just part of instrumental in the beginning parts of it. But as a kid, like I just remember like there, there was neglect, there was just emotional put down. And when you hear that again and again and again, that becomes your belief system. I'm not good enough. I have to be perfect. I have to do everything right. And, and it's those things where you see where, somebody, the minute somebody disagrees with you or something, you're like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Oh, I'm so, you know, like if somebody's apologizing a lot, yeah, that's usually a sign that there is some sort of trauma that's going on or still going on. Yeah. And and you you use the word narcissist. Mm -hmm. Can you identify or explain some, some behavior? Because you know, sometimes we hear the word narcissist, but we really don't know. I, I know that um, for me, just being in the space of mental health, um, I'm getting more familiar. And then I'll identify people like, oh my gosh, that's narcissist behavior. But I didn't necessarily know that was. So can you identify that for us? Yeah. And I'm by no means a mental health sure. counselor or anything. Like I'm just going by kind of what I've read, but the counselor said some of that. Yeah. Um, so definitely. Yeah. This is no advice. No, this is no medical advice. Yes. I'm just, I'm just giving you one girl story. Yes. Um, yes. Usually they are, they have to be the center of attention. Um, and if the minute somebody disagrees with them or doesn't follow their rules, and I put those in air quotes because you never know what their rules are because they change all the time. Um, they're very controlling. They typically want to know what you're doing, when you're doing it, like you are at their beck and call. Mm -hmm. Um, But they also want to always look good. So they will put somebody else down or use other tactics to make that, to look good in front of people. My mom was one way in front of the church folk. I mean, they did college ministry and there were people that never knew what was going on behind the scenes because in the front it looked like she was an amazing prayer warrior and all the things yeah. and in the background that's just not what was happening at home yeah. 
and, and so it's kind of that Jekyll and that Hyde, like uh-huh. they're very controlling of the things that you do. Yeah. If, if you're their target, because usually with a the narcissist, there's um, the golden child. So that's the one that they put all the praise onto. But a lot of times the scapegoat, which is what they call it in that world, um, is usually a daughter. And I think that it's, they just feel threatened a little bit, mm. you know, of somebody else is getting that attention. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so they always have to be the front and center of that. A really good example um, one Christmas, I just wanted to take my dad and take him shopping and have a father-daughter time. Like we had never had that. I was in my twenties and we had never wow. had that. And so literally showed up to the store or showed up to eat actually. And three minutes later and walked my mom and then took over. Like I basically, we went to the store and basically I sat in the corner because she was picking out clothes and doing all the stuff and and like just made me feel like it just wasn't wow like unseen unheard you know and it's just the control like when you've got somebody I would say like if you're asking that question go google it because usually if they need to know everywhere you're at if they are texting you a million times a day Mm -hmm. if they're messaging you and if you're not responding like super quick they're re-messaging you Mm. you know I messaged you why didn't you respond back Mm. um I'm at work (laughs) you know or I'm at the grocery store or whatever that looks like like when somebody but they also try to I think in relationships from what I've seen like they'll try to get you away from friends and family if they're trying to isolate you man that's a time that you need to look at it and say is this healthy yeah is this a healthy relationship and even if it's not a a parent child it may be a a boyfriend spouse wife whatever the case anytime someone is trying to isolate you that is not a healthy behavior and so you need to really run the opposite way in that now with your mom who I know is still living and you are working through some things right it's a journey um you you brought up forgiveness how and and you touched on it a little bit but how important has it been in your healing to forgive your mother oh my gosh I would say that's like the if you could build a house that's the foundation wow um just because you um there's a lot of anger there's a lot like when you finally so like seven years ago we had a big blow up and now we're no contact and that's a big step I mean that's a huge step and you can read about that I would say don't do it before you go talk to a counselor um because there's a lot of stuff in the middle of that um but being able to say you know I forgive you for what you did It doesn't mean, and I want to be really super clear. It does not mean that you forgive them. And then you go to a family dinner and then the behavior continues. Yeah. That's not what that is, but it's, it's looking to see, for me, it was looking and saying, you know, here's what she'd walked through. Here's the trauma that she had just to this day is still never dealt with. Mm -hmm. And so I can recognize that Mm -hmm. and be like, Mm -hmm. okay you know, like you had your own stuff and you just didn't deal with it. Yeah. And I can, I can let that go. Yeah. Because it was affecting my health. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, there were just some physical symptoms that just, I know were related to the unforgiveness. Sure. Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely believe, and I'm no medical doctor, but just in my journey of forgiving, um, I was, cause you know, I'm going to be honest. I'll be very transparent. I didn't want to forgive. And so <laughs> I wanted to see if I could hold on. And, and <laughs> when I looked at forgiveness and why do you need to forgive everything kept coming back to the physical, how it will show up and how it turns from this to that, to, to bitterness and bitterness releases this. And, and so it, so when people, it's not a cliche when people say forgiveness is not for the other person, it's really for you because it really is because emotionally, mentally, physically, it will manifest in not so good ways. And so, and forgiveness does not mean that it didn't happen. It does not mean that that person isn't accountable whether they say it or not it has nothing to do with that and i i want to get that clear because a lot of times people are afraid to forgive because they're like that means that you know um it didn't happen or it's okay and and it does not mean it's that not a hall pass no I mean, I sometimes people think oh that's just a hall pass that you know then you know it just you're ignoring that it happened and you're not ignoring that it happened. I mean, I will find out, tell you what she did was wrong and it was hurtful, but I'm not going to keep holding that pain and that um, anger and that shame and all of this stuff. I'm just not going to do it anymore. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And there's things that you just have to, you know, like I said, you have to put into place. And I will say like, um, a couple of years ago, like we were at a conference and she was like, she made this big to do of you're my daughter and I'll always love you. And all like in front of everybody, cause that's what they do. They have a stage and they, yeah. you know, proclaim their love. Um, but then she wouldn't go have dinner with me. And then at my nephew's graduation, she refused to speak to me. So I'm going to say this, like you guys, actions always speak louder than words. And the one thing that I kept saying to the counselor, like, I want her to say she's sorry. (laughs) You know, like, I want her to say that. And a lot of times you don't get that. And the counselor gave me such great advice. She goes, Connie, she's not capable of doing that. Mm. And I was like, that's a game changer right there. Right there. Capable. She goes, in her mind, because of the trauma that she's lived through, she's never forgiven them. So in her, in her mind, and I'm not her, so I can't like, like maybe y'all, um, she's still wanting the people who hurt her to say, I'm sorry. Yes. And so it's that anger that's built up and that, and I mean, people hurt her way dead and gone. Yeah. Yeah. But it's that anger that builds up, but then when you've got that much anger, it's naturally going to spew on the people in front of you. It's just oh, what yeah. it does. Yeah. And I think you made a good point when you, um, about the fact that a lot of times people won't forgive until they get an apology and you may never get an apology and you don't want the lack of apology to stifle your healing and your, your growth. And I think that is something that needs to really be addressed because um 
I, I just thought that that's what was supposed to happen. I thought for my ex-husband, you know, I was supposed to get an apology and from, you know, this girlfriend, you know, and, and my, you know, parents and, and, and it doesn't happen that way. And her ego saying, you you did me wrong. So you need to apologize to me, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. it, it just doesn't happen. I mean, they're not emotionally able. Um, she will still tell you that I've heard her, I've heard, I've had family members message me and say like, why aren't you talking to her? Why? Like, it's always my fault. You know, like, I'm like, I literally walked into a high school graduation and you refused to speak to me. Like, where is that my fault? Right. But everything they turn is it's not my fault. It's your fault. So yeah. when somebody is always making you feel that way, man, please pause. Don't go talk to your girlfriends because they're going to tell you like, oh, you know, well, you know, maybe or maybe not go find a really great counselor and just open it up and say like, is this normal? Is this yeah. healthy? Because I thought all of this was completely normal because they isolate you. They don't, you know, and as much moving as we did, like, you know, even at church, like they just, she just isolated. And so there wasn't anybody who could really take a look at my life and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. what's going on with this? Because in school, they thought I was just this perfect child who got amazing grades and, you know, this overachiever where if I think I had stayed long enough, probably in the school district, like somebody hopefully would have been like, why is she so much of an overachiever? Yeah, yeah, there's a reason for that. You know, I I know that there was always, oh, she's an overachiever and that looked, that was supposed to be good, but there's a reason why someone's overachieving, right? Going to the extreme. And, and so hopefully someone would have, um, have noticed and seen that. So now currently, Connie, as we wrap up, tell me this, how are you now? Because I know that you're not talking to mom right now, currently. How, how do you feel about that? Well, I'll say it's been a journey. So the journey started um, seven years ago of no contact. Um, and anybody that's done that knows like there is, oh, that's like a can of worms that you open and you've got to be totally committed to that because a narcissist doesn't go away quietly. Like they're going to do everything possible. Um, and I'll say this, it's been layer after layer. So I've used um, Sozo Ministry and Inner Healing um, I've used essential oils. I, I now walk women through like having that voice and having, using the essential oils to just strip away that shame and that guilt and that pain. Um, but I'm amazing. Like I'm better than I've been like, you know, ever in my life. Um, but it's a lot of anybody that's walked through any sort of inner healing, like there's stuff that bubbles up. And you can either stuff it down and I promise you, you don't want to do that because it will turn into physical and it will just fester and become gross. Um, Or you just look at it and say, okay, this is that memory. This is that trigger. um, And here's how we're going to deal with it. However you do it, whether that's or Sozo ministry 
or for me, it's essential oils and a combo of all of it and some techniques I use now. Um, but it's layer by layer. Like, I don't think on this side of heaven, like everything's going to be just washed away and, and perfect. I still have my triggers. Yeah. I still have things. And you just, you just have to figure out what those are and just be kind to yourself on those days that those triggers happen. Yeah. And be like, I, ha I had a great counselor who she's, when the tears would start to flow, she'd be, she'd always ask me this question. This is a great question for your readers. What are the tears about? Mm. And she goes, go journal that. And yeah. she goes, the tears are not just tears. What are they? Identify them. What is that that's bubbling up? Yeah. And so I call it brain dumping. Like literally take a piece of paper and just write. And it, y'all, it doesn't have to make sense. Like it, we're not looking at grammar. We're not looking... And you don't have, like, nobody's going to look at it. You can literally toss it and burn it or whatever you need to yeah. do. But one of the most healing things you can do is just, what are those thoughts that are coming? And they may be ugly. They may be unwanted, yeah. abandoned. I'm yeah. not worthy. I mean, I hate me. I mean, there's so many thoughts that can come up. Deal with them. Deal yeah. with them then because you don't want to deal with them later on. Yeah. Absolutely. And so are you looking for reconciliation? Is that part of healing where not necessarily um, your ace, boom, coon, best buddies, but some type of contact? You know, I, I really talked to the counselor about this. Like, that's such a great question because I, the question I had was, would she ever change? you know, like, do they ever change? And her answer to me was a quick no. Um, and I've met somebody whose mom did change. Um, at this moment, my answer to that would be no. Okay. Um, we have family functions, like my nephews are getting married, okay. you know, or they're graduating from college. Like there's moments where you're just gonna have to be in the same room. And mm -hmm. I'm totally civil. Can't always say the same about the other party. Okay. Um, again, words speak louder, actions speak louder than those words. And so if that were to happen, it would be a slow, gradual, but man, in my heart, you would, you would have to really put some action behind those words. Like you okay. would have to be purposeful in reaching out in... Um, because, you know, even like Christmas birthdays, like I don't, I don't get messages. I don't get okay. you know, any of that. Um, and there's, and there's behaviors that they'll do. Like she'll message everybody on my Facebook page, you know, and, and tell her side of the story. You know, I mean, literally she's been banned from everything. Okay. Um, I, I just don't have an answer for that. I do believe that God can, can heal her. Yeah. I 100% can believe that. Okay. Um, I think she has to want it. Sure. And my fear, honestly, right now over her is that before she leaves this earth, because she's in her 70s. Okay. You know, is that, man, you make peace with that trauma. Yeah. You know, and that's my prayer over. And that's taken me forever to even be able to pray over her and to generally. Yeah. That's huge. Yes. That, that's very huge. And I would say that took me about five years. So I'm not saying like, 
first year out, I was like, oh, I forgive you. And I hope that you get better. And I, I mean, y'all, there was a lot of anger and a lot of crap that I had to deal with to be able to get there. So um, I would honestly say right now, like, I hope that she deals, you know, that she heals before mm -hmm. you hit the gates of heaven. I hope that you let go of that. Cause I, I really think she's missing out. I know she's lost a ton of friends and, you know, just because y'all, I mean, angry people and hurt people, like yeah. it really is true. They hurt people Yeah, and they're toxic and soon enough, nobody wants to be, be around. around you. And so, it would be great if she was healed so that she could enjoy life. Um, because the turmoil, the anger, the hurt, the pain, the trauma, unresolved trauma, um, you can't enjoy your best life. And so it would be so great if she had the opportunity, you know, as in, you know, as, she, as she's getting older to experience a, a, a wonderful, you know, life. Yeah. You know? and just yeah joy honestly true joy true joy and happiness because you only have that one life and with that said as we wrap up which this has been a beautiful conversation and a very um just real honest conversation what would you connie um what would you tell our audience what's one insight that you would give the audience that you would leave with the audience that's well, I would say that there's two. One, um, you can heal. Like if you've been walking through this, um, you're going to have to figure out how to do that, like the step-by-step. -step. And you can always reach out to me because um, I have a, a five-week thing I can walk you through. You've got you've got to start the healing. Like you've got to be able to put the past in and work through it and heal. Um, but I also would say if you're, if you've been silent and you've walked through some things that you just haven't even spoke to people. I mean, nobody knew. I mean, literally nobody knew what was going on. Um, find one person. And it's not something that you go blast on social media and you go do, if you go look at my social media right now, like there is not one single, I, I told God I wanted to honor her. She gave me birth. I wanted to honor that. And so but I would say to you, like, if you, if you're looking at this and you've dealt with trauma, you've dealt with abuse, you've been neglected, whatever that looks like, find somebody that you can tell your story to somebody that you trust somebody, I would even say somebody that's a trained professional and start the healing process. Don't wait. Yeah. And God created you for amazing purpose. And when you live in that trauma and you live in that unforgiveness, God can't use you. He will not use you because you can't serve other people being broken and being living in trauma. You just can't. My business has grown. I mean, the more I've healed, the more my business has grown, the more that um, my friendships have gotten deeper. Like, there's just this place. So I would tell you, like, if you haven't told your story, find an amazing counselor, find a Sozo ministry, find somebody in the church if that's it. But I would even say there, be cautious um, because they're not trained to deal with trauma. 
And sometimes the church folk will quote you some scriptures that are not going to help you heal. From experience, I can say that. So tell your story, but find a safe person to tell it to. That's beautiful. I appreciate you, Connie. And my listening audience, you heard that. Um, the insight, bottom line, it's time to heal. It is time to heal and live the life that God has for you. Healing is your right. Healing is literally something that will set you free. I am a witness to it. I've gone through so much trauma in my life, in my youth. And once you release that unforgiveness, um, it's, it's like a whole new life. I mean, it's almost like blinders are taken off your eyes. It's just, you see things clearer, you hear God's voice clearer, um, doors open. Uh, and and I, what I'm saying is that it just allow things to be released off your life and, re and released into your life, Amen. right? And, and that, that is what healing has done for me. And so once again, I thank you listening audience for being a part of Insights with Latrice. I know this has blessed your entire life. Make sure you share this. Make sure you tell others about this. We all need healing. We all need to hear a story that can um, resonate with us and help us, right? She gave some great gems that um, we can take with us and, and start the process of healing. So once again, thank you for listening. And until next time, we'll see you later. Ooh. Wow. That was, that was pretty deep. Perhaps you, you know, have never had to deal with a narcissist parent, but there is someone in your life that you've had to deal with someone you've had to on purpose forgive and find closure here's my insight forgiveness has been one of my major challenges in life but i've learned over the years forgiveness is not for the other person forgiveness doesn't erase what has been done Forgiveness is for me because when you hold that feeling, that emotion, it causes so much more than just the obvious of being upset or angry with that other person. Physically and emotionally, it wears on you. So just like my guest Connie, has healed and still in the process of healing make the choice today to forgive and to start your healing your journey of healing so that you can obtain your best life regardless what someone has done regardless if someone has not apologized it doesn't stop you from healing and living your best life. Well, thank you again for listening to another episode of Insights with Latrice, where we talk about real life, we talk about the real you, 
And yeah, you know it. We talk real good. Until next time.